Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're joined again this week by JB and I have with me Pistol. And Pistol, you and I have just been sitting here refreshing our Twitter pages. Well, you've been sitting there while I refresh my Twitter page and give you the information uh, regarding James Sicily. And it has just come through that the ban has been upheld. Uh, so very unfortunate for me being a Sicily owner. Uh, you don't own him in Supercoach, but before we get into all of that, I would like to know just how your week went in general <laughs> um, before we get into all the uh, sadness and madness. Yeah, my bad buy round um, didn't didn't go so well. The you know it's funny because everyone had these really amazing scoring rookies. I feel like I've missed like every good <laughs> rookie they? for the last six weeks. Um, but yeah, I got I did a terrible score. I was like eighteen eighty eight, I think, or eighty eighty nine. Um, so I dropped. Had a big fall finally out of the. 1 to 2K range, falling straight down the 3K almost on the dot. So, wow. yeah, that's about – that's better. Me. Yes, that, my, my team's probably still worse than this. So, we'll see where I end up. But uh, it's been Actually, fun. Actually, wait, sorry. Been real. What is your exact rank, please? Uh, let me open the page. This XJB. is important. Yeah, I'm sorry. 3,000 – oh, it's different than what I thought, but 3,243. Oh, I th- when you said nearly exactly two, three thousand, I thought it was on the dot. I think it's because yours is almost on the dot. Mine's two thousand nine hundred ninety-two, so mine is very, very close to oh. three thousand. Um, oh, I had a small by what? ten points. Uh, I scored nineteen twenty-two. No, no, it's in total score. Oh, it's in a total score. Uh, I've got thirty thousand eight hundred and forty-one. Yeah, I'm twenty-one, so twenty points. 
There you go. That's one of your well, captaincy it's, decisions. It's about to get extended. It's about to get extended. Yeah, um, probably. Well, I had a I had a mediocre week nineteen twenty two in what was an okay buy, but I found it really difficult to trade because the rookies sort of had made had all scored well the week before. They were all playing this week for me, and I didn't I didn't want to trade one like two weeks early. And then the Sicily thing was hanging over everyone and like there were just so many things like Clayton Oliver was still not sure on. Um, so I just didn't – like I didn't really know what to do. So I ended up holding all my trades bar one. Um, and I feel like I could have taken more advantage on the scoreboard but I think holding the trades will benefit me longer term and I th- that's kind of been my whole thing this year is just trying to make sure I get the most out of the season instead of burning out early which – my boy Pistol's doing. Um, how many trades you got, JB? It doesn't matter about how many trades I have. <laughs> Mr. Mr. I held mine. I've got seven I think, left. I've got seven okay. left. Okay. So we're, we're, in, we're in similar territory over here. Correct. But how many premiums do you need? I mean, if I'm not counting... Will no, you Dane, are. Jack you Steel. are counting those guys. You are. <laughs> uh, half my team is fake premiums. Yeah. So I count Walsh. I don't even know if I count Walsh at this point. No. It's close, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you might have to yeah, count it. Not, should should so, be one away, but I think I'm like six away. If I take, out I've all got those Jack players. Steele and Harry Sheasel. Besides that, every one of my premiums is like genuine up there, best in their rank sort of thing. So um, my full premium is is still going to be pretty good, and I've burnt three trades in the last few weeks to get to this point. Like I traded. Tom Green out. I traded Jack Zebo out a couple of weeks ago. This week I traded Tim English out. Because um, I have English, so, so there's, there's that. a bit going on. <laughs> well, you do have English, but Briggs is better, so it's fine. Um, Don't know about that. Nah, I mean he's better plus one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, maybe. Maybe we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> anyway, anyway, regardless, um, we've all got things going on. There's a lot of trades to be made. There's a lot to talk about this week. Before we get into it, we are powered by Code Sports. Again, uh, we love Code Sports. Thank them for their sponsorship. We do have two new Patreon signups, one David Carter and one A.A. Ron. Um, hopefully, I pronounced that correctly. Um, that is that is it as far as that is concerned. That is it in fa- as far as... Uh, well, actually, no. Cut me off here. Okay. Hold up. I'm going to let you finish. I'll cut you off. you got to talk about the DRC Cup. Yes, Dr. Supercoach Cup. We announced instructions today on our Patreon page on how to enter the Dr. Supercoach Cup. So please take a read if you have not done that yet. There's a specific way to make sure that you enter the cup. It's not automatic. And if you don't follow it, we won't know because we, it won't pop up as you've entered. So please follow the instructions perfectly so that you will be entered in the cup. That would be great. Thank you. The, the biggest things I've found so far... I didn't even say when it started. Starts around 16. <laughs> nice. Top, top yep. A-grade uh, promotion by you. Um, the biggest thing that I've noticed so far is that people sign up and then they, they read the oh, your Slack name, hyphen, team name, and they don't consider where the spaces should go. Like it's Slack name, space, hyphen, space, team name. And beyond just us needing to scrape that data, which is why we need them in perfect grammatical order, but just besides that, looking at your name 
with the space in the wrong spot while everyone else's names are done correctly. Surely has to like it might I don't have that much OCD, but it, it brings up about a million red flags in my head. So I don't know how people yeah. are doing it. But essentially that is that is the biggest issue I'm finding. The last year my favorite issue was so Chizo uses his name team name as an example. So he does like Chizo space hyphen <laughs> space Chizo champ DRSE. And then like a bunch of people just like put DRSC at the end of their team name because that's what Chizo's team name is. So they thought that was a requirement. Please don't do that. That that's very. Oh, they're still doing that as well. Fix. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're still doing do that. that. Don't um, use your team name, not Chizo's team name, please. I enjoy please. the ones that um, on the Supercoach site they use incorrect grammar, like they don't put a apostrophe somewhere. And then when they go to do it on on Slack, they put the apostrophe on like they've gotten this second chance. Like, no, <laughs> you, your grammar was wrong in the first place. It has to be wrong now still. Don't try yeah. and impress us with your correct grammar. You got it wrong, mate. <laughs> um, so it, it is funny to see. But um, hopefully we're, we're on top of the little, little mistakes people are making because we do want as many people as possible in there for a fun competition. It does, it's usually every year has been probably the most successful thing that we do. There's so much talk, so many competitors, so many people forming rivalries over this thing. So um, just if you're if you're burning out a little bit, this is something to now build into and look forward to for the rest of the season. Yeah, plus I'm an easy kill if you draw me in the first round and you'll win a prize. So, you know, well, I'm doing the draw right and, and it works out that I've got you first round, so it's really awkward. Um, <laughs> no, no, podcasters will, will not play each other unless it's in like a final or something, which it, it won't be. I don't like um, my chances. <laughs> no, no, I don't like my chances either. Okay, so we do have Supercoach uh, matters to discuss, believe it or not. Um, firstly, all we're going to talk about in this podcast is firstly the downgrade options, the upgrade options, the specifically the ones that aren't on the buy this week. Uh, and then James Sicily is going to have his own dedicated discussion point um, as to whether you trade, don't trade, hold, who you trade to, etc. Um, so firstly, let's start with the downgrade options because I think that's probably the easiest thing to discuss. Um, in my opinion, there are very few downgrade options. Okay. Very few. Um, yep. You want to go the- through some of them? The reason, wait, just before I, I go on, the reason I okay. say that is because at this point in the season, it's not just playing the break-even game, right? Like you're not just picking the guy who's going to make the most money. If the guy that's going to make the most money is Devin Robertson, which it is, his break-even is negative 53. If he's the guy that's going to make the most money, he's not necessarily the right option because he's 220K. And at this stage, you're making downgrades to pretty much be final. Um, I'm not sure how many downgrades you're making after this week. Um, maybe one, maybe. Um, so essentially, the guys that you're getting, um, I know Sheldrick looked amazing. Robertson looked amazing. Um, you're almost su- surpassing those guys to just go as cheap as possible. Um that's my opinion. Do you have anything sort of on the contrary to that where you would go for the expensive guys even though it makes you – it nets you less cash now and you're not really cashing in those guys in future? Yeah, I think I think what you said is true, but a lot of people are struggling to get 18 players. So the player that they bring in needs to be a scorer on their field. And some of these guys like Robertson, Sheldrick and Win Hager, it's not like they've been 
typical rookies and scoring, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s. Like these guys are putting out 95, 91, 85, like some really solid scores. So there's merit in getting them for for bench cover for the entire, you know, rest of the season potentially, um, particularly maybe Win Hager, who looks like his job security is pretty decent. Um, and that might let you trade your current bench cover. So if you're planning on keeping, let's say, I don't know, I'm just making up things, Wardlaw for five. the rest of the season or five for the rest of the season, you could downgrade them to one of these guys instead as cover for the rest of the season and, and use it that way. But there's, I guess, if there was a playing like 123K guy that could score 50s or 60s, I'd probably look there, but I don't really see one, JB. I think your best bet might be um, Jasper Fletcher maybe at like 157K. And if you're already paying 157K, I feel like I could spend, you know, whatever 30K more to get Sheldrick and at least get somebody that might play for, you know, the next five weeks. Whereas I'm not sure if Fletcher's going to have that um, in him just as, you know, some cover. No, I don't, really trust, <laughs> I don't really trust any Brisbane rookie um, at all yeah. anyway. But I think – well, I trust Robertson, but he's not a rookie. He's um, – is this his third year or second? Yeah, he's uh, – he He's been be in the system third. for long enough. But yeah. regardless, um, I think just separately, Ryan Marrick, um, he scored 49 on debut in an absolute flogging where they only had like 10 inside 50s. Yeah. Um, I think he's a real chance to put out another 50. Um, I mean, he's he's done it already. Who They play Sydney this week, who I don't think are as good as the Crows. Is at Optus Stadium. Um, whether or not this is, you know... Oh, sorry, it's at SCG. Wow. Um, whether or not it's to the point where, you know, he's not. I don't think he's going to score 70-plus or anything like that, but um, a helpful 50 compared to... A 90 from Robbo, 40 points difference, 120K. Um, what are your thought process? What's your thought process on that in terms of importance? Uh, I'd probably I think take Marek because he's got the job security, which is the most important thing for me at this stage. Like he's going to play this week and he's got job security for the you know long-term future. So he's probably the number one guy to pick up, but you know some people need to downgrade options. So that's when I'm looking at yeah. the slightly more expensive basket. Right. So now that we got that out of the way, I agree. I think Marek is your number one option no matter what position you're in. You're just getting him. Yep. Um, now that we have that out of the way, the list is really grim. Yep. <laughs> I I think and it's really hard to start separating these guys. I think Sheldrick to me in terms of role, looked the best. Um, I think we have to look at the teams that are released and whether Mills comes back because that could obviously affect him. The fact that he's a mid-forward, he's 190K, so he's um, placed between Robertson and he's actually cheaper than Winhager as well, to be honest. Um, 190K. I like that a lot coming off the 91. He passed the eye test in every week that he's played this year as well, by the way. Um, yeah. Winhager, though, I don't know the longevity, but his role could have more longevity because I don't know if he's relying specifically on injuries or not, um, whereas I think Sheldrick is. It'd be between those two guys. I don't know if Robertson, if paying extra for Robertson, whether it be 30K or 20K, depending on which guy you're going to get here, um, I don't know if that cost is going to be worth the difference. 
Yeah, so Windhager came in originally when Hunter Clark went down, um, but yep. Windhager had 81% CBAs. So it wasn't, he had a team high. So it wasn't, you know, Hunter Clark never had that. So it's been specifically changed, I guess, to accommodate him. Plus, I thought the previous week he looked quite good. He just couldn't hit a target. And this week he was hitting targets and scored an 85. Um, the Saints have liked him. He had big reps in the preseason and then got injured before round one um, and did get named. I think he got named as emergency. I remember there was a whole story behind it. So for me, I feel like he's got the combination of scoring potential and job security that I prefer. Whereas Sheldrick, his time on ground was so low. Like he played, he played only 72 minutes. It was like 60% under. Um, but he really looked amazing but I just worry about what happens when when Mills comes back so that's kind of the only question mark but again he's got he's got West Coast this week JB so Hmm. he could be putting out a decent score as well and if you only need him for one week this week and then you might have better cover across the lines I think then there's still a conversation to be had just by picking the guy with a, a easier opponent this round how does the conversation change if we get like a uh, I know there's a there was a Fremantle player on the verge of um, getting. Please say Wagner. <laughs> Not Wagner, unfortunately. Is that you saying uh, Warner? He, was it Warner? Yeah, Warmer. Warmer is it Warner? Warmer. Um, the Did defensive you say midfield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I said everything. To be honest, every combination. Uh, no, Warner. Carl Warner, the defensive mid. How would your opinion change if someone like that was named on debut over the 70k of Sheldrick or um, Winager? I think it's just a bit of an unknown scoring potential. That's what scares me. Like if he comes out and does a, a Buller, you know, 20, it's not really super helpful. Um, I guess it really but depends like we, what that extra money gets you. We can kind of predict based on like what what type of player it is. Like Buller, you know he's going to be stay-at-home forward, big man mountain. He's going to rely on marks and goals essentially. And, you know, the step up from VFL to AFL was a bit – too large for him this week and the opposition was tough and they <laughs> I mean you having know, Harris Andrews in your first game correct, your yeah, direct opponent huge. oh no um, but Warner might might have a little bit more of a freer role um, you wouldn't expect a 17 but for example if that just would have happened I actually think I'd rather save the 80k Warner over Winhager, especially considering I'm not going to be trading this person out you, like, I mean most likely yeah, I I think it just depends on what you, how much money you have and what you can do with it. I think that's probably where my gut would go. Okay, so I, I'd still be really scared of a bad score, basically. Yeah, of course. All right, let's just say then um, you do like Winhager. You're <laughs> in, you're sort of indifferent on Sheldrick by the sounds of it because of his role, I, which I agree with as well. Uh, and then yeah. Dev Rob, we, I think, is just a bit of an unnecessary reach from those two guys. He's my last sort yeah. of person on the list. Well, he was on like 25 at halftime this week. And, and I know he had a big second half, but like he really relied on getting an, a role change that helped him out and hitting the scoreboard um, to get to that 90 plus score. So he was probably going to put out a 50 without that. He was a chance to get subbed. So like yeah. he's not a guaranteed eighty plus is what I'm trying to say. I know he's a, he's you know he's been in the system. He's a good player, um, but he's far from guaranteed eighty plus. So yeah, I think I think Winhager is the guy that I would go for if I had the the catch to do so, 
Um, if not, I think I'm okay with jumping on a debutant, but above all, I think Marek is the guy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fully with you on that. But I guess the next the, the question I'll shoot for is, if you're in a position which some people are, where they basically decide to, instead of getting a 23rd premium, they, they I guess we'll call it sacrifice that spot as a genuine premium and instead go for a halfway point. So someone that's in the 300K range um, and get like a halfway point premium so that they could, I guess, afford a full-blown premium with their other spot. Um, is there somebody in that range that you feel comfortable with between 300K and 400K basically? Uh, well, not not that I feel comfortable with, which is why they're priced between 300 and 400K. But That's fair. <laughs> um, I mean, the one that sticks out is obviously Elliot Yo is just in the requirements for this. He's 399K. Um, his three-round average is 103 coming into this. Um, he's put together back-to-back tons after a 70 against Essendon. His role looks better. He looks healthy, but it's, he's like a time bomb. I don't think I'd be comfortable trading him in and fielding him for the next you know, five or six weeks, let alone the rest of the season. So I guess it kind of depends what you're doing with it. But um, no, like zero comfort. If I was going to shop in this range, I would really – I'd try hard. And this is something that I haven't done, so I'm really just talking off the cuff here. But I would try hard to identify someone who's had a bit of a role change, like – Ben Hobbs has had a role change without Parrish, for example, but that's about to revert back. Um, but <laughs> someone like that, try and catch a positive role change of someone that's already durable and then ride that rather than I, – I don't think it's smart to jump on someone who's already really injury-prone um, to sort of patch up what's what's going on in your team. Yeah. Well, there is someone like that, JB. They just have to buy this week. Oh, I'd love to hear it. It's <laughs> it's Trent Cotchin. <laughs> I don't know if Ooh, that's come so. out of nowhere for you, but uh, he's had a role change. To hear it. <laughs> no, no, no. He's uh, previous five games, zero CBAs, last three new coach, 68%, 54%, 70%. Um, and mm. he's put out back-to-back decent scores um, with a 95 and 127. Um, the game before that was only 53, though. But he's got a forward mid status, which is obviously always helpful when you're looking for cover. Um, can't trade him in this week, so it's kind of a new point, same as Himmelberg, but um, something to consider. Well, we're, we're trying to get guys for this week because people are struggling with this buy. That was like your whole spiel, wasn't it? I guess. Maybe we can toss, discuss it more in the Sicily section. It might come back up. Yeah. What about like a... I don't know. It's It's really grim in this area. Like you look at a Kitty Coleman without Daniel Rich, but he didn't score well this week. Um, he scored bad the whole year. Yeah, and he, he's also actually injury prone when when you think about it. Um, I'm scrolling through looking for names. Like there are a lot of names yeah. that you recognise and go, ah, you know, this person, this person's done good things before, but they're just not doing the things now. Um, yeah, Worrell scored well in his two games this season, but I wouldn't expect that to continue for essentially a key. Position defender with a hundred. Well, he's playing eighty-two. He's playing Duday's role, but Duday is very, very, very inconsistent. So, um, what about Maynard? Is, is Maynard any any good? He's <sighs> last week was one hundred nineteen, but that's his first time of the year. I don't know what's happened to him. <laughs> he averaged like ninety plus last year, didn't he? Yeah, he. I mean, he's. 
got potential, but we, Collingwood's just we spread the love. You know, we're not focused on just a couple of players anymore. Like we we've got a lot of players at pepper the ninety average mark. So it's really hard for anyone to get a large enough share of the pie. But well, excuse the pun. Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that's intentional, more. which I'm not happy no. about, but. Um, yeah. Okay. So essentially, no it is really. tough. It's tough going. Yeah. There's, I think there's it's no yo, yo or bust. Yeah, I think I think so too. But well, yo, I, I don't mind Cochin. You sort of brought me around to Cochin for for future weeks. But same with Himmelberg. He's sort of they've got they've both got their pros and cons. Um, but neither are like blowing anyone away at the moment. Um, yo could do that, but it's just like how long does yo's ceiling? It feels like a is good. Yeah, but it like really feels like a rental. It, it feels yeah, like it's just rental somewhere. He can't play the rest of the season. There's too many games in a row where he's just been so injury prone for so long. But he, he shifted back when Duggan was out, suspended, um, and the score well, and he'll shift back into the midfield, which probably have more wear and tear on his body as well. So, I mean, I think he's, I think Yo scores well wherever he plays because he's just a really good footballer. Um but I, I can't see his body lasting for the entire season, unfortunately. Nah. Um, all right. So that's that's a that's a left field one. But let's go to upgrade options this week. I think upgrade options this week have I'll go as far to say is I don't know if they've ever been this difficult. I think there's one really, really obvious one that most people will either go for or they'll have their reasons for not going for it. But essentially, there's one super easy one. Besides that, it is real slim pickings out there. Do you know the really easy one I'm, I'm referring to? As an upgrade option? Yeah. Darcy Cameron. Bang. Correct. <laughs> that that bias is coming through. Um, yeah, I think Darcy Cameron's super, super, super easy to go for this week, especially if you, I mean, the only people not doing it, I think probably have full forward lines at this stage. Um, but the rut cover he presents is almost invaluable. Uh, on top of that, he's very cheap, 464K. A lot of people were jumping on him for about exactly this price, even... I mean, 465K is what he started at um, and a lot of people jumped on after his 103 and 137. Um, before the injury against Richmond where he was on 89 points, which was not even at the end of the game. I think that was in the third quarter, quarter late time, in the third. Yeah, yeah right. Um, so he was going to go for another big score. Comes back, has a couple of lame games with um, ruck splits that aren't exactly what he had earlier in the year. Building up to the last three weeks, 81, 105, 92. Nothing that blows you away, but against Gaundy this week, just gone um, on against Melbourne there. He looked great. He passed the eye test with flying colors. And I, I just think, it, I think it's obvious. That to me, it's obvious that this type of player will have the floor to be able to just average 100 flat for the rest of the year, if not a, a touch over 100. I, uh, I'm i not bringing him in this week, JB, um, but that's because I already have him. So I think right, he's... Right, so do I. <laughs> he's, he's such a good pick that this is my second time training him in <laughs> this season. Um, I just think, the as you said, the ruck cover is the main thing because he's going to keep just probably pace with that and, you know, that sixth forward um, mm. and then also give you that ruck cover because at the end of the day, most of us are left with... Uh, Marshall and English, or at least one of them, and they have typically been very injury-prone ruckmen in the past. They so have, yep. If we just prepare ourselves uh, by getting Cameron, I think that's probably the ideal 
uh, scenario in this one. But if you already have him, JB, I think there's a guy that might be back this week. Uh, he's a midfielder. You might recognize him. Uh, he's got, got red hair. It's on some people's radars. They've waited a long Michael time Voss. for him. It's, it's Michael Voss. He's, uh, he's coming back. He's not added yet in the game. But um, Clayton Oliver, 658K. What's, what's your thoughts there? Because we, we've earlier said in the season, you know, I regret getting guys at the 600K, but does Clary fall into that category or is, his own, is he, you know, his own kettle of fish? No, he is his own kettle of fish, and he's still owned by 23.2% of the competition, which is extremely scary. Um, I'd say at least 15% of those players are still actually playing or competitive coaches. That's a guess, even though I know I can fully check that anyway. Um, but essentially, he is his own kettle of fish. He's had one sub time this year for a 98 against Richmond. Um, that got him all the way down to 652K, in which he responded with a 134 and 136 um, and just bounced back from the 650. Um, on his way up, he did get injured, uh, obviously that hamstring injury. The problem now is, is he's had a hamstring injury for two weeks. He then had an infected blister that sent him to hospital for one week. Then he had the bye. And now, by all reports, he's... It depends who you listen to, but some people are saying that he's more chance to miss this week than he is to play this week which makes me think even if he does play this week, his break-even is 139. Um, I know his record against Geelong in Geelong is still good, but um, coming back from all these injuries, this is something that he hasn't really had to do in his career before, um, being someone who has typically been so durable. Um, I don't care what his record is against the opposition. I don't trade anyone like that into my straight back into my team week one, um, let alone with a break-even of 139 and let alone for 660K. So I just can't justify getting him this week, even if he's named, um, whether that means people keep an eye on him for next week or um, even if they pivot. And even if they pivot to his teammate for 4K cheaper, um, who's also averaging 118 for the year, he had a slow start, Petrarca, with a, a 97 and 97. Since then, he's had one sub-ton of 95, and he's averaging over 120. I think it's 122 points. Um, Three-round and five-round average, both over 125. He could be as much worth the price as what Clary is, um, and he's coming in durable, uninjured, um, and typically durable, uninjured. It's interesting that you mentioned Petrarca because he – Potentially, you know, scoring this well because Clary hasn't played to some extent. Um, so it might be a negative for him when Clary returns, you know, if he has a slightly worse role. But, he, I mean, he has scored well the entire season. Um, well, hear me out. The, his yeah. score, so for whatever reason, he started with 297s, whether that was just a slow start or he was against Bulldogs in Brisbane, not quite sure exactly what's happened. Since then, with Clary, I'll stop when the Clary game is, when he first misses. With Clary, he went 119, 103, 110, 104, which, you know, you're thinking not Solid amazing. Grade. If that's what he's yeah. if that's what he's scoring, it's about a, what, a 110 average. One, and you're like, one five. Eh. Um, Then the next three games are 167, 122, and 148, all with Clary in the team. But I'm looking at the opponents, right? North Melbourne, Gold Coast, Hawthorne. So he's, he's Correct. effectively 
That's he's a downhill skier. Against, uh, yeah, yeah, as, as you said. Um, I mean, he, he also he, plays those teams. He plays correct. North Melbourne correct. And, and Hawthorne again. So I think it's more about what is the draw rather than who is he playing within his team. Uh, yeah. The draw is Geelong at GMHBA, GWS, St. Kilda, Brisbane, Adelaide, Richmond, North, Carlton, Hawthorne, Sydney. The now, I look five. at that. I look at that last five and think he could go 140 over those five games. Over the next five, you would probably guess somewhere closer to about 115 um, or 110, depending on how low you think of him in the uh, in the tighter games. But even like GWS and Geelong, I know, I mean, Geelong have been competitive in the past, but their midfield, Dangerfield is going to miss that game. Their midfield is looking very undermanned. Then you've got GWS who love giving up midfield points. Um, St. Kilda, Brisbane, Adelaide, I know they're tougher games, but... They're a bit tough, tougher, yeah. Are they like, you know, two of them are at the MCG. Yeah, Adelaide Brisbane, do... Brisbane uh, at the MCG is fine. And so is Adelaide at the MCG. They haven't won a away game That's this true. year, essentially. So it, it's like, is it that tough of a run? I think he's got maybe two or three tough games left. Yeah, no, you're actually right. But the, all the, all you're doing right now is making me want Oliver really badly. But Oliver, Oliver's <laughs> consistent. Oliver scores against everyone. Now he's coming off an injury. It's it's kind of like I understand obviously wanting Oliver, but there's I a chance both. he doesn't play this week. How do you? Yeah, everyone wants both. That's the simple answer: is just get an unlimited cap and get both. But how okay, can great. you how can you trade into Clayton Oliver with any confidence this week? I find it impossible. I think I just want Petrarca. If Oliver is playing, like named, I will probably still get him. And I think it's because he's a top end's probably best captaincy option. And All right, let me, that, let me tell you this, Pistol. You need to do <laughs> as this. A, as a self-proclaimed captaincy guru, yeah, it doesn't matter right, for right, you. Right. <laughs> you need to hear this. Yes. If you trade in Clayton Oliver... Yeah. And he gets injured again with your limited trades. You are an idiot. That that <laughs> that's, that's not just making correct. a that's not just making an, a mistake. That like oh my god, it's an unforeseeable injury. Like he's had five weeks off for injury if he misses this week, four weeks yeah. off leading into it. I mean the buyers in there as well, but he's had four weeks off straight, three of which were injury affected, and now he's coming into this week with an injury cloud again. If you trade into that and can't trade him out because of trade issues, then I'm sorry, but there's no other way to describe <laughs> you. I guess there's... Yeah, I think you've got to consider this for some people. This is their final upgrade. So they only have one more spot. So it's either I'm going to get Clary and risk it or so what's I'm wrong not with Clary? getting him. Oh, sorry, what's wrong with Petrarca? He, he's none of the risk. He's just... He's not Oliver at the end of the day. He's not as good. I mean, they still have a six-point gap in average, even and and Petrarca's got a three-hundred-point gap on total points. Yeah, but we're talking about from from you know the next point onwards. It's, Oliver's just a better asset than Petrarca is. Is he this week? I think so, I mean, it's not but, just about this week. It's for the for the rest of the season. No, no. So if you're trading Clary in this week, is it really the right decision over Petrarca? I don't think it is. I think after I you mean, see him play for a week, I could understand it. But this week, I, I think it's but, far riskier. Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely riskier for sure because you don't know how he's going to go after that injury. 
Um, and what are you risking it for? All like things, five points per game? Oh, I think Petrarca, until Clary got injured, it was averaging 115 after that good spurt-ish. Ish. Yeah, it's probably it's probably eight, nine points per game, I think. I think you'll be hard-pressed to get nine points per game from Clary over Petrarca. They, they just have been, even historically, just that's the... Gap but we're talking we're them. talking about Petrarca with and without Oliver still. He had a one twenty two and a one fifty nine without him, but those were against teams that they beat. They yeah. were against. I still think Oliver's just teams. a better a better asset anyway. Because I mean, it's, uh, of course, it's not like Oliver's, if, Oliver's got two hundred upside against Adelaide. <laughs> he always does, but that's no, that's only Adelaide Oval he does that. But um, but of course he is right. Like he's the better player. Oliver is the better player. If we're picking our teams round one next year, they're the same price. A hundred percent of people are picking Oliver over Petrarca, unless like you're one of those weirdos who you're like, oh, I love a POD, and then, then you're picking Petrarca and regretting it after five weeks. I get that. I'm not arguing that at all. I a hundred percent agree with that. But for this week, with all the information that we have, I can't understand how someone, especially someone that has less trades than what you would want to have at full premium. I can't understand the argument for Clayton Oliver over Petrarca. With everything that we know this season, I I just genuinely cannot understand it. <laughs> I just like there's ten rounds left, JB. That's a lot of did time you, for Oliver. Did to you put see on. Petrarca's game this week? Last week, yeah. sorry, against Collingwood? You would have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some would say I watched it, Collingwood versus Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> if you were scoring that game perfectly at personally what would you have scored Petrarca for that game? If I personally was scoring it, like negative 400. Correct. It was like the worst <laughs> game I've seen him play. And he scored 95. Well, and it was I like, mean, he, it was no, diabolical. He, he was good. He, he was better than 95 anyway, to be honest. On no, game. he was not. He was bad, no, no, no. but he was he also was better really than bad. 95. He, he was I bad, but he's still better than I, 95. It was a 75 game and he scored 95 on it. No, he's 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 just very good. I, I, I get the point. I think Oliver is just exceptionally good and the captaincy option gives you more opportunities for points. Petrarca well is arguably home. a more predictable captain. Predictable? Maybe maybe a better VC shout, but not predictable. What do you mean? You just have to captain him against bottom eight sides and you know you're going to get a good <laughs> score. That's genuinely all it is. I remember that last year, and I'm pretty sure I copped like a 60 or 70 when his worst game of the season as well. He, his um, score, his subtons this year have been against Bulldogs, Brisbane, and Collingwood. Yeah. Everything teams. else has been 100 plus. I mean, he does have GWS, not GWS, um, Geelong, the other, the other GWS. But Geelong um, aren't in the top eight. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I mean they're not. <laughs> I mean, like I'm As just, GM, it's, I'm just it's, saying it's not I'm an saying. easy, it's not an easy kill. That's for sure. I don't know. I mean, poor, I, poor I, I like. Yeah. I hear the words that you're saying, and I agree with the words that you're saying. But my I can't still, believe my of gut all people, feel is still Oliver. Of but all you know people, what? The you're the one is, that I'm talking off of Oliver, and you hate starting Oliver. <laughs> you, you despise having him in your team. Well, what will happen is he just like won't get, he won't like pass his fitness test and just won't get named, and all this conversation will be for nothing. And then I'll just end up with like Petrarca anyway. That's probably what's okay. going to happen. Okay, cool. All right. Chalk, chalk <laughs> yeah. that up then. Okay, beyond those two guys, um, we've, we've discussed Darcy Cameron, who we think is good. We've discussed the Melbourne guys. Let us know, by the way, which side of the fence you sit on there. Um, please hit us up on Twitter there because Pistol and I love doing this. We love picking a, a pair of players 
and going opposite sides and then tracking how and it usually just comes back around to being a nil nil draw but um very enjoyable we also love when people jump on with us and, and follow along so let us know which which side you're leaning with that one i think i'm going to be heavily outnumbered here but i stand by my decision <laughs> speaking of that how's the jay-z versus she's one going at the moment well, I said to trade out Jay-Z, and that, that seems to be successful. <laughs> no, I, I know. I just thought it was funny that it's it's uh, the first week it was, oh, Jay-Z is amazing. And then the second week <laughs> it's like, you know, he's quite injury prone. He only had 50% time on ground <laughs> in the second half, and he scored badly. <laughs> and Sheezel looked amazing off half back. back. Well, I think the answer is that they're both going to be good without Aaron That's Hall right. on the team. However, yeah. um, the round 15 buy was arguably more important than any. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The anything that we could have come up with for and against, um, yeah. especially for me because it set me up this week. Um, uh, for those for those that didn't watch, Jay-Z only had 50% time on ground in the second half because he copped a knock yes. in the, the third quarter and basically didn't second play the quarter. third. Se- second quarter, yeah, and it was just like out for most of the third. I think he had sub 40% game time in the third. So he's – Yeah, it was really he, weird. He's just rested basically before I don't the know if it was the knock because yeah, the – the commentators didn't even mention it. Yeah, no one mentioned it. And there it was, was no on replay. And I, so I, it was just something that I saw in the background and just sort of commented on, like, oh, that looked really bad for Jay-Z. Um, but, like, there was uh, there was no word to say he went down for a HIA. I don't know. It was a really strange one, to be honest. Super weird. But he's clearly, like, the role was fine before then. He obviously didn't take kickouts when he wasn't on the field. Um so that's why his kickout numbers were low as well, and he just was once he once he copped it, he just basically had no interest in playing for the rest of the game. So he needs a week off. Okay, let's look at sub six hundred k midfielders. Ooh, okay. I just want to quickly discuss because I think a lot of people, a lot of people have pro- upgraded their team in a way that's left midfield as the last upgrade, maybe even for one or two upgrades. Yep. Um, whether or not that includes – I mean, I've got two to make in there, so I can get one of Clayton Oliver or Petrarca and get another guy. Um, get both. I could get both, but I think I'd be can you breaking the bank. Um, yeah, yeah. I could probably stretch it out, but I'd have to keep Jack Steele, which I'm not doing. So, well, actually, <laughs> I'm making, I'm making three midfield upgrades. So, <laughs> there you go. Um, I just want to – quickly discuss I think we can tick off Lockie Neal and Brayshaw no don't really warrant discussion I think they're both back and very good pickable players if you don't have one of those two yet yeah Lockie Neal is in some sort of form at the moment yep three round of 122 five round of 121 you'd hate to have missed him at 550k (laughs) did you do that yeah I missed him really might have to get him this week if Oliver's not in (laughs) well I like that pick um 
Anyway, uh, so those guys are both good. I want to talk about Caleb Sarong for starters, 574K. I'm mm-hmm. of the belief that this whole ankle thing is sort of driven people to believe that he that that is why he scored 84 this week. I think it was more so they just got flogged. Um, Brayshaw was their, one of their best players. He scored 107. No one really went massive in this game. I think Luke Ryan was another one of their better players, scored 106. Um, Sarong had about three shots on goal, and he, I think he had four two shots on goal. Fools. I think it was two out on the fools, one fell short, and one was a behind. And he, and he did kick one in the last quarter because five gave yeah. it to him. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, he, he could have had about a million points going into halftime, but he just didn't convert. But I just think, I think it was one of those games um, where they just got beaten up and they, they didn't have a, I mean, they had Luke Jackson, but um, Sean Darcy returning this week, I think helps him to an extent that you just can't even measure in numbers. Um, but essentially they got beaten up really bad. It was an absolute flogging. He's better when they're better. Um, but the last three weeks, 93, 108, 94, that's two of his three subtons for the season, the other one being in round one against St. Kilda. Uh, it's not what you want to see into someone that you're training into, but 574K I still think is an absolute bargain for what he's going to produce on the way, on the run home. Ironically, talking about injuries, um, I'm a little scared because he, he sometimes limps like from contest, like leaving a contest. Yep. And I'm like, I think your ankle's sore, mate. Like it's not 100% uh, as much as they're like, yeah, he's right to go, he's fine to go. And that might be true for him to play because all footballers play with some sort of pain. But it's, yes, it is do. impacting him in <laughs> – it is impacting him in some way. And it, as you can't probably put a points to it, like say, oh, it's 20 points less because of his ankle. But the fact that it's even making him score worse – just it might doesn't not feel be, so though. good. Now, the Suns are against Melbourne like and GWS, and there were scores gone begging essentially. So, look, I I do agree. It's something that's it just impacting everyone. Right. Well, Andrew Brayshaw started the year horribly until they sort of said that you know he's he's kind of over his niggles now, and and it was a significant uptick from that point onwards. Um, so look, I understand it, but I don't think it's going to force him to an average blow 100 like he's still going to go 105 110 for the rest of the year right absolutely yeah so i I also don't think it's diabolical end of the world scenario um i want to quickly touch on darcy parish who could be returning this week i just want to remind people that you can't possibly go for darcy parish right (laughs) uh yeah it's the soft tissues injuries i mean it's the same sort of thing people looking at ldu's as well he ldu's cheap but you just these players are like constantly being injured the whole year. I I don't really I mean it's it's one thing like getting injured and coming back and then playing, but it's another like he got injured in the preseason and then and then came back and then had the same injury. So it's like a reoccurring even though he didn't miss time the first time because it was in the preseason. But people like LDU who got injured, came back, got injured again, like it just feels really bad. So I, I'd be staying away from those guys, I think. Reoccurring injuries. What about Tom Mitchell, JB? Oh, you skipped. Can I, can I go to my. Tom Mitchell was on my list, so I promise you I'll bring sure. him up. But can I sure. just bring up Noah Anderson real quick? Um, you may. Started the year with three subtons, backed that up with two tons, then another subton, then two more tons, then three subtons, then two more tons. A lot of people jumping on him. I think he's more of a total points guy than a um, week by week, you, you want a consistency from him type of guy. Yeah. Um, the scary thing is, is in three to four weeks, Took Miller will be back. 
Um, for people who play for the league, that's right about when finals start. So I think that does negatively affect him. Um, however, Hawthorne, Collingwood, Port, St Kilda, it's not an unbelievable run. Um, but he has shown just a ridiculous ceiling this year with the scores of 134, 144, 189 um, against St Kilda, Richmond and Melbourne respectively this year. So um, it all comes out in the wash to an average of 107. Mm. Um, but I I don't love him. He's cheap. He's had the buy. He ticks every other box for me. But um, if you told me he averaged closer to 100 than 110 for the rest of the year, I wouldn't be shocked either. I gut feel don't love it. He's just he's not he's not super consistent. Like he still puts out those stinkers, and I yeah. don't really like. I don't really like those top end premium players that aren't consistent. Again, that's why you can get him cheaper. So understand that. But it doesn't feel great still paying up for like one of the guys to finish a side for them to just like not be amazing every week. Um, especially when there's other options that have been amazing every week. And I think we've got to look at Noah Anderson having 53% CBAs, his lowest of the entire season last week, kind of out of nowhere. Um, Alex Davies had a, had 40. I know, um, I know why it happened. They were getting flogged in the midfield and they thought, let's put Noah Anderson, who was on like 70 at half time, over to the wing and let's <laughs> see if that improves our, our CBAs. Spoiler alert, it did not. They also took Humphrey out of the CBAs after he yeah. got a few in the first quarter, and that didn't help either. So he's good there. Um, I like Humphrey there, but he's all these very players, like Humphrey, should still get midfield time even when Took comes back. It just feels like the upside's kind of almost gone. You're kind of paying what you. I don't even think you're paying what you get. I think you're paying for like 104 average, and is he's. I guess that is what he's priced at basically. Um, so he's probably just okay to summarize. Sorry, it's not a section. Just okay. It doesn't it doesn't inspire me. Um, Tom Mitchell, I can't believe this. He has three sub tons for the entire season. The thing is, is he peppers the like between one oh six and one oh nine mark. So these are separate scores. One oh nine, one oh nine, one oh seven, one oh eight, one oh six, one oh eight. He's got a 102 in there as well, three sub-tons. And then for his big scores, he had a 122 in round two. And then in the last two rounds, he's had a 132 and 127. So he's really like done the bulk of his averaging and high ceiling scores just in the last fortnight. Um, the thing is yeah. he has – like he's coming off the bye now. I just – I don't know. <laughs> I don't – I struggle to believe like he's – He's a 110 option. He can't be, right? He's not a 110 no. option. No. He, but I what mean, is he? To go, he's out. To go, he's out. So he's taking the bulk responsibility of the midfield at the moment. Um, right. And even when to go, he's back. We've seen, as you said, the whole season, he's like a 103 average guy. And since to go, he's still out for a couple of weeks, he's probably going to average, I don't know, 105 for the rest of the season, which is fine because he doesn't, he doesn't kill you any week. Um, and even though that's probably in the same range as Anderson, it kind of feels okay if you're getting tons every week compared to getting the 70s and then the 140s. Um, I, I don't mind Tom Mitchell at his price. I think it's just better than okay. Um, but it's it, again, it's not, it's not a super sexy pick, but I can understand people taking the risk. I don't think it's bad by any means. You know what you're getting? Let me just... That's the thing. 
Yeah, no, you do. And five round average, 112, three round average, 120. They're both overs in my opinion. Yeah. The average for the season of 105, I think, is a lot more accurate and it's fine. It just is what it is. Um, I just wanted to say on the next guy, um, Errol Goulden as oh. a forward, um, 531K just scored 111. Um, I think it's uh, – do we give him ticks? He, get, he gets a tick from me if you're looking to trade in a forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just a good player. It's hard not mm. to enjoy watching him play as well. He's, he's always doing things. don't own. So, yeah, he, he and his role is up and down, but he his total points for the year are going to be very good. Um, yeah. He's going to be a durable kid. He just scores big sometimes, and occasionally the role gets the better of him, but he's going to just score you points, uh, and that's fine. His teammate, Chad Warner, played a lot of wing this week, and I think that is just – he. I can't – he's a diabolical pick in my opinion. I'm I think he was lucky interested. to even get 74. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was he wasn't he wasn't good. But I, I was much more interested in the other Swans midfielder, um, Luke Parker with 145. Oh, he really? since round since round six, he's gone 104, 116, 103, 101, 136, 77, 145. So just one sub ton since round six. Um, he's been in a bit of a hot streak and he looked really, really good against Brisbane. Swans don't look good, so it's a bit worrying. But I think in that price range, JB, I might, I might like him. Maybe I don't like him as much as Tom Mitchell, but he's around. He's around there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I own him in one of my draft leagues, and like he's, it's impossible to sort of explain his scoring, but it's he's not enjoyable to watch <laughs> or follow in the game. Um, I love Luke Parker. This week was the exception. He was a top scorer for the game pretty much the entire time. Um, but, yeah, I would not I would feel guilty recommending people to, to trade in Luke Parker just based on what I've experienced um, in a role where like it's not even as important being in a draft league. It's, it's like, all right, if he scores bad, he scores bad. Um, but I like the left field thinking. I'm trying to look through. Is there any other left fielders that we enjoy here uh, in the midfield? I think you have to scroll down to like Callum Mills is back soon, but please don't get Callum Mills the week he returns. You have to look at his role. Look how he's moving. Even even then, it is such a risky trading because, I mean, he's just injury prone. It, unfortunately, it sucks, but he's just injury prone. What about – we've got a couple outside the box ones. Oh, go, go. Love they might ones. not be good, but they're outside the box ones. Brad Crouch, bit of a return oh my to form. God. Last three rounds, 111. Um, no no thoughts? Well, personally, he's had the, this role the entire season, and between rounds 6 and 10, he, he rattled off 61, 75, 94, 78, 88. I do like Brad Crouch. I think he's um, an above-average footballer. Um, and I, I, like I like him in a team where it's like you don't have to be the guy every week, but your good weeks are going to really do you know great things for the team, etc. Uh, I don't like him for super coach though. Tim Kelly started pretty hot, and then God, no, no, no. Um, let me stop you right there. <laughs> let me stop you <laughs> right there. Pendles. Um, Pendles. Look, uh, Pendles is going to safely average. I think a hundred flat, but yeah, nothing more. Um, it's not really thing. that not much value. One hundred and five. So, like, it's okay. I think would you prefer finishing your team with Pendles at M eight or Crips at M eight? 
Oh, my God. Pendles, I think. Um, I think Pendles is just going to be consistently like around the 100 mark. He's not going to disappoint me. Cripps could score 50 any given week and I'd be upset. Now, I just want to just want to quickly point out. So, right now, if you're 18th man after your trades, so, okay, so let's say you've got one more trade left and you want to upgrade in the midfield and you're, you've got 18 playing right now and your 18th man is Marek. Right? Yeah. Do you trade in someone who this this week, obviously, as we know, all the good players are pretty much on the buy, especially in the midfield. <laughs> so annoying. Do you, do you trade in a 615K Tom Liberatore instead of one good. of these speculative guys, accepting that you're going to have probably a 40 from Marek and like some other like uninspiring scores? Like, does the 60 points that you might make this round? make up for the rest of the season of having a, a POD Tom Liberatore. By the way, 8%, 8 8.7% ownership yep. plays Fremantle at Marvel, Collingwood at Marvel, Sydney at the SCG, Essendon at Marvel, GWS at Mars, Richmond at Marvel, Hawthorne in Tasmania, West Coast at Marvel, and Geelong at GMHBA for the rest of the year. I think Liber is at least six points better than any of the other guys we've just Anyone. Said. Yeah, I agree. So he should make up the points. So, yes, I think that is okay as long as you're okay with the money. Um, I guess I think he could be ten points better than anyone that we've mentioned. More even, like he's that much better in my opinion. What about Maybe Jelly? someone like? <laughs> um, well, Jelly was the other one I was going to mention, but like uh, it would be really hypocritical to say this guy's just injury prone. But like, get him. He's three k cheaper than Liberatore. You just get Liber, right? Like. You'd, you'd arguably get butters for 2K more than yeah. uh, Josh Kelly at this point. What about Chera? He's I'm going through, good. He's are we going through good. all the buyer players now? <laughs> I'm just saying this season he's put out a 144, a 134, a 132, a 129, a 132, a 127. That's huge. He's yeah, averaging over no, he's 110. Been, he's been very good. Yeah, he's been very good. From a weird role um, too. He doesn't have monster CBAs. He I don't I don't really understand it. And he kicks a lot of goals as well. And it's like that's really unsustainable, but he's been doing it all year, so it's like who's the idiot now? Um <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think he finishes the year as a top ten midfielder. So what about I Trelaw? think you can pass on that. <laughs> no, absolutely not Trelaw. no, no, not Trelaw at all. No, no. That's silly. Is there any other buy players that I'm I mean we skipped Mary? What about he's Jordan Dawson as a midfielder? Yeah, I mean, he's, it's because of the upside. He's not in great form, super coach wise, um, but the upside's there. So I think you gotta, if you don't have him, I think you just pull the trigger and you you hope for the best. He's better than all the other midfielders we've said that are playing this week. I think. Maybe other not than Draka, like Brayshaw and Neil, but yeah, yes, yeah. Sorry, in the and I think tier. I think Sorong is close, but not quite as good. I think I I think I take Dawson just because of that ankle knock. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, okay. Okay. Well, I hope that helped because uh, it didn't help me and I'm in a position where I need upgrades, so thank you. I've got one for you. Oh, please do before I move on. What about Walsh? It's got the bike, okay, obviously. So moving on. Um, no, I mean, Walsh has not had a consistent role all season and despite playing probably his best or second best game of the year based on eye test and... Um, several statistics. He only scored 108. Um, 
And that's bad. He In his last five weeks, he has a 92, 105, 72, 93, 108, making up a five-round average of 94. His three-round average is 91. Um, I know he's very, very cheap. Uh, his break-even is 94. If you really wanted him, you, you wouldn't even have to get him this week or next week. You'd want to look at his role for another week after that and I then think make it a decision. It doesn't maybe. matter. His role is... Is bad. I think it's going to be it's bad for good. the rest of the season. Um, yep. As but at a, least he has like Sam Walsh next owner, week. Yeah, it's true. But as a <laughs> as a Sam Walsh owner since around his third game, after coming off and a what's it called? He had one really good eighty three percent CBAs, and then I bought him in, and I went down to twenty six, and it's been terrible since then. JB, it's not a fun ride. He gets like thirty seven touches, and then his super coach is like a ninety, and you're like, okay, well. It's going to need to average mm. about fifty three to crack the ton. Um, it's just not. Doesn't it's not cool. It's not a fun. It's not a fun game, especially when you see him lining up in that forward line. You're like, at least you could have gotten forward DPP for me. I know uh, that was like the saving that. grace, wasn't it? Okay, um, let's sort of pivot our upgrade options to. Well, we did mention the two forwards, Butters, Golden, uh, and Darcy Cameron, the three forwards that are like really important. Um, we've gone through the midfield, which didn't help me at all. So I wonder how the listeners are feeling. How do you rate Butters over someone like Libba? Butters no, not, a, not over Libba. No, okay, so Libba, I think, is. Libba, I think, is like if you can get your hands on Libba and not suffer on the buy because of it, I think you're like living. <laughs> I, I, th- I, th- I think you're getting points on the field every single week for the rest of the year, genuinely. Okay. I, I don't think there's a better POD in the game, personally. Great. Sounds, like he won 20 pluses for the rest of the year. Great. Yeah. I'm with you. Cool. Let's go. Thank you. Um, all right, so we're going to pivot the next section into upgrade options into the defense uh, if you do still need one, which most people don't. However, um, 18.7% of the competition still own James Sicily, who's the most expensive defender in the game. We're going to talk to those people and whoever else actually does need an upgrade in there about the upgrade options in defense. So this week, the options are Stuart, Dacos, Dawson, Sinclair, right? Those are like the main trustworthy guys that I think a lot of people have. The problem is, is a lot of people have them. Ownerships of 32, 73, 48, and 26%, with Sinclair being the lowest of those guys. Beyond that, it is grim. It is such slim pickings. It's You're essentially trying to navigate a minefield of could go 80 for the rest of the year, could go 105, like no one's safe to go 95 plus from here. It is really, really scary buying into this territory, but it's what we have. And this is for the players that are playing this week. Um, I stress that there are a lot of players next week that I actually have faith in. No one this week. So if someone does need to get someone this week or if they think that they need to get someone this week, oh, um, who are we looking at? I think I'll start with the easy one, uh, which is Luke Ryan. I guess, I yeah. mean... He's, he is the easy one. He's, let he's let me tell you why one. first. Okay, shoot. So he had a, a very good start to the season, as everyone knows. He averaged 119 up to round eight against Hawthorne, up to and including round eight against Hawthorne. Since then, he went 85 against Sydney, which was not a good game. 84 against Geelong, which was not a good game, but really does represent his floor. 
After that, he had three good games in a row. One was a 91 against Melbourne. One was an 83 against Richmond, and I'll tell you why they're good games in a second. One was this week, which was 106 against GWS, uh, who don't typically give up good defender scores. Now, the 91 against Melbourne and the 83 against Richmond were good games because I think he missed approximately um, seven minutes per fourth quarter in those two games. In tight games, contested games, a lot of scaling was up for grabs. I think he was on for a good score and got stuck on the bench several times, uh, which caused a low time and ground percentage for those two games, um, which doesn't exactly represent his scoring. So if we say he goes low tons in both those games, then we're looking at a guy who has three sub tons for the year, all of those games being... <laughs> it's a weird plus. sentence, I but yeah. <laughs> I get it. I, I know I'm, like, I'm making a strange exception, um, but just logically speaking, if those games go... As a normal game would actually would, would go a lot of the time, like we're talking about like two low sub tons. If it goes normally, and I understand things happen and things obviously did happen here, but I'm just trying to I'm trying to like explain the bad scores to people so they don't look at it and go, he had four sub tons in four weeks, like he's done. Um, yes. I do think he benefits from Fremantle being a worse team. And I, fortunately I for us. That. They suck again. <laughs> they, they were bad this week. Um, but I don't think he's reliant on it as well. So I think that's important for people who are potentially buying him um, because if you think he's reliant upon it, then you're only relying on Fremantle's form, which which could roll a coaster for the rest of the year. Um, but if you think that he's, he's not reliant on it and that he can still go well enough without their bad form, um, I think that then makes him a good enough pick again and not someone who I'd buy – and confidently lock away, but someone who I would look at for 502k and say he's going to make me value this year. I I think he's he's the best pick that's playing this week. I think it's probably. I not. can't even look at any other pick seriously. All the all the other ones have like asterisks, and then they get like super risky really quickly. I think like eye test wise, the best two is probably like Blakey's looked really good. Um, as an eye test, but he's not really been a super coach option in the past. And he's very reliant on like the Sydney makeup. Um, he's just currently playing really good football, but that doesn't always translate super coach points and certainly not the same scoring potential as Luke Ryan. The only other guy that has the same scoring potential as Luke Ryan, and it's massively risky is Liam Duggan, who I've mentioned before. He's got his average 98 since round five. Um, I think there are two other okay picks. I don't think anyone's in that. Is anyone in that category up up in that ninety eight average range? I think Jake Lloyd and Jordan Ridley are like you could you could convince me that they're going to go ninety five plus for the rest of the year. I love how hard like, it was for you to like. I know say it is. It. It's so borderline. <laughs> it's so borderline. But yeah, um, okay. I don't Fair personally enough. believe it. But you can argue it. Like there are there are genuine arguments out there. Whereas. Like, I don't really see it in anyone else. Like, Redmond, I guess, but Redmond and Ridley are kind no. of like revolving doors with one another, and I just don't trust either. You get the cheap um, one then, but anyway. Lo- even Lloyd has been moved to a wing since they got all their defenders back, like Rampy and all that. So, um, he didn't play in a wing last week, but the week before he did for most of the game, and it, was, it like destroyed him. Um, he relied on like a 40-point last quarter to get 70. So... Um, I think Luke Ryan is the only, for me personally, the only acceptable answer this week. Um, and then we start getting into next week. And I, I think yeah. if you hold Sicily for one more week, 
the options open up big time. I think the thing for me is it's a similar situation to Libra, right? Because you can spend 500K on Luke Ryan or you can spend 40K more and get Houston. And Houston has probably surprised people. I'll read off his scores, JB. People might not realize how well he's actually oh, scored do. this Take year. Take your time. Um, we'll go from, I mean, I could go from round three where he's got 110, but I'll go from round five um, because that's that's where it gets real good. Um, 123, 93, 110, 122, 81, 128, 114, 112, 47, 146. So he's had that price drop because of that 47. Otherwise, he was well on his way to the 600K mark. I mean, this is a defender we're talking about scoring almost elite premium midfielder numbers. So that's way better than anybody else that's currently playing this week. It just feels like it's it's next level good. Um, on top of that, an extra $200 gets you Sam Doherty, uh, also not playing this week, but since returning, he's gone 106, 111, 94, 135, 124, 96, 77, 111. So the back-to-back sub That's why we bought also- him. <laughs> I know. The back-to-back subtons has also dropped him. Uh, so he's dropped 30K from where he was two weeks ago, um, whereas Dan Houston has dropped about 28K as well from where he was two weeks ago. So both of them have sort of pivoted nicely for this post-buy purchase. Um, do, you, do you know who you like more out of these two? I know who I like more, but um, it's not probably not for the reasons what that you think. I like Houston more because he's in a – better team with a more I'm just worried about Carlton as a whole and they could explode at any point in time Um, so I I feel like Houston's ceiling as well as his. I mean that 47 sounds bad but let's pretend that 47 JB is magically a low ton Um, the rest of his scores have just been like really consistently good and I feel much safer and warmer at night I think with, with him than Doherty what about you? Well, can I just say, firstly, five of his last nine games are at Adelaide Oval. Can I read out his Adelaide Oval games? I mean, I just read out his games. Do we have to do this again? It's Adelaide all those good games. ones. <laughs> 86, 110, 123, 93, 122, 128, 112, 146. So, yeah, it's all those yeah. good ones. Um, anyway... I like the run home, but most importantly, I like that he's he's durable. Um, I know he had, I think he had like a shoulder complaint a couple of years ago, but essentially you mean he's, when I got him in my team. <laughs> yes, I, I I do mean that. But compared to Sam Doherty, who's missed already several times this year, um, I just go with the durable option in these instances. Um, and for that reason, I, I think Dan Houston would be the guy I pick as well. Um, a good chance of actually being the guy that I pick um, nets you 110k from Sicily. So. Um, just, just very handy. Is he I, I think better than Mills? Is Dan Houston better than Callum Mills? Because people are looking at Mills or Cripps as their M8, right? Like a lot of people are doing that. And So you think it, get, get Houston and put Dawson in the midfield? Yeah. I don't mind it. Um, well, at, at the very least, he's more he's safer than Mills so I just think in both I think regards. People are gambling on Mills anyway. And yeah. I mean, he's obviously not the same price. He's a little bit more. But is he that much worse than the people in that price bracket? I don't think so. I don't think either of those. I don't think Doherty or Houston are worse than Mills. Mills, like, we it's have no idea. 
Like you're yeah, betting I mean, on someone to come back and play a full season in a, in a good enough role and average 100 plus. Like he just might not. Yeah, like there's every chance not. he just doesn't. These guys both have five round averages of about 110 each. Like I don't it know feels if better than does Jack Steele. <laughs> it is better than Jack Steele. That's why it feels better. Um, okay. Well, that's going to do our defense. Um, I know Caleb Daniel is, is doing well in a, in a role change, but he's – He's like, yeah, 10K cheaper than Sicily. I think you just take this advantage to to sort of get a bit of cash in the bank as well. Um, I think we're both in favor of trading him. It, I'm still in favor of trading him even if he's out next week. So even if I still have him for next week, um, I'm still in favor of trading him next week even though it would just be two weeks missed. My defensive cover is appalling. So I, I just can't afford to. Um, I guess, I don't know who you would have. Maybe Chincotta um, is like a safe 60. If you had him, would you hold Sicily for these next three weeks? Not Chincotta. But if you had um, who? Mitchell, who would be acceptable? maybe, or Weddle. Yeah, I right. I think he gets a boost because of Sicily is probably not there. I think you Yeah, if you, if you can hold either 70s. of those two through, I think absolutely that's fair enough. Yeah, for sure. Save a trade so you can upgrade someone like Jack Steele out of your side instead. Yeah. <sighs> Might be that that is what I want to discuss lastly. Jack Steele, hot or not, he he for me, <laughs> I don't think you're full premium if you have Jack Steele in your team. Like, do you want to explain why? Because he's an absolute shell of himself. Um, he's a sore man. He apparently isn't a sore man if you go by the coach saying that yep. he doesn't actually have any injuries despite the strapping on his leg. Um, I, despite him looking terrible, but. He's all so, fine. So that's the thing. So like as a coach, you would think you're more inclined to say like, yeah, this guy's struggling. He's putting he's putting his life on the line for the club. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I just – but they're not <laughs> because I guess it's not true or like Ross Lyon hates his players. But I'm not quite sure what the reason is. But essentially it came out that he's not injured. He's not hampered by anything at the moment. Um, for some reason, he just looks absolutely awful. And the fact of the matter is whether you're just watching his scores or whether you're actually watching him play, like some of us have had to suffer through, um, he's not a premium. He's averaging 87 on the season. His break-in is 132, um, and he's a 2% chance to hit that. He was like averaging that for the first 10 weeks two years ago. I don't understand where the superpowers have gone. He's had two tons for the year. I can't even believe tons. I'm saying that outside, out loud. A 126 against Port and a 135 against GWS. That game against GWS, like he looked incredible. To then back it up with a 62 against Hawthorne, 85 against a horrible Sydney, which he had 15 at half time, and a 52 against Richmond is deplorable. He has Brisbane this week. Oh, man. I bought him like, that week. It, 20K more, I could have got Neil and I bought Steel. That is, I, look, that's he, he, tricked, he tricked me as well, but <laughs> the fact of the matter is he is a trade and you, you just have to find the cash to get him out of your team. He, he, cannot, he cannot stay in your team. Or, yeah, he could go to Houston. Yeah, Houston will solve a problem. <sighs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, Houston will solve a problem, yes. Um, God, get me out of here. Um, so, yeah, I think, he, I think he's absolutely a trade-out. There's I mean, like no discussion. You, is it worth, let's say, I'm using quotation marks, steal like 
upgraded to crypts or is that just a wasted trade? No, yeah. See, I do see that floating around a little bit. They're like, oh, I'll just wait for Mills or LDU. I wouldn't go to another speculative guy for what it's worth. Like, how how much are you guys a sucker for punishment if you're trading in another guy who's like going to churn out 50s for the rest of the year? It's really concerning. Um, no, I wouldn't go to him. I wouldn't go to Ollie Wines. I wouldn't go to like these guys who are just like, oh, that could be all right. Um, I think Sam Walsh is someone that I is probably like where it starts turning around. Like, okay, I'd be okay with going to Sam Walsh. At least he's really consistently 90 plus. <laughs> I know you do. Um, but then other than that, you're really looking at like Noah Anderson. I, I can I can accept a Noah Anderson trade in, even though I don't fully believe in him, if it's from someone like Steele. Yeah. I'm considering that trade. So thanks. I would definitely definitely do that trade if that's what you've got the money for and you're worried about it like just do the trade what about if it leaves you with 17 instead of 18 like i could potentially depending on team news i don't want to jinx it with a full playing team i could do Wardlaw to i don't know sheldricks a rookie whatever it is to get 18 playing players or I could keep 17 but trade steel to someone like Anderson. What what would you do in that scenario? I would trade steel. He's going to lose another 20K. It gets harder and harder to trade this guy the more he's in your team. Yeah. He has he has West Coast after Brisbane and like you think about that like, oh, maybe I just trade him after the little uptick there. I guarantee you this guy doesn't turn against West Coast. What about downgrading him to Yo and freeing up more money? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't even hate it, but like you, then obviously you're creating another upgrade to making your team. But essentially, he he has to go this week. He has to go this week. Okay, all I'm hearing is has to Yo this week, and it's really freaking me out. <laughs> he's he's more of a trade out than James Sicily for me. I'm keeping James Sicily this week to trade out Jack Steele. All right, I guess. Does that I mean, help? I, I can't. I can't. It helps. I mean, I, I watched him as well. Like, I, I if I want to rookie field score, win this week. Yeah, I was, <laughs> maybe not that far, but <laughs> if I'm if I'm loopholing him and Wardlaw and would like consider taking a seventy-five, you know, it's it's a bit scary. Um, I don't want a rookie score from him. I really don't. That's uh, imagine looping dying. Jack Steele on five for the rest of the year. And like comfortably taking a, a yeah sixty two plus, <laughs> be like yeah lock that one in. I don't want to lose twenty Jack points Steel on the next guy. What is it like twenty twenty or something? Like <laughs> <laughs> I wish it were. These guys yeah. might actually be helpful for my team. Um, it's so it's so grim. Like I hate it. I love Jack Steele so much, and he's a beautiful man. But he has scorned me. I'm a scorned lover. And he cannot stay on my team any longer, unfortunately. All right. I think they'll they'll uh, do us, JB. That will. Um, I hope we covered everything. It was a bit of a bit of a strange round to cover because like the good guys are on a buy and the the other good guys are all on a buy. The good, good guys that you own. <laughs> let me, are on a let buy me really and... talk about bad options for an entire yeah. Podcast. So we're pretty much <laughs> like it's like hey, Darcy Cameron's there, but a lot of people already have him too. So it's like uh, Dacos, he's owned by like seventy five percent of the coaches. Um, it is difficult to talk about. There will be... I, I'm, I'm going to self-plug my captain's video again here. 
um, what were we? Dunkley into Bontempelli the week just gone. So make sure you do catch this week's episode on the YouTube. Um, you know our Twitter handles by now, but um, I am interested which side of the fence you sit on with Petrarca versus Clayton Oliver. I hope the slack fires up about that discussion as well. Thanks very much for joining me again, Pistol. Thank you for having me. Enjoyed it. Kind of. I, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mixed feelings about this one. Um, all right, well, thanks everyone for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.